Ever been let down by a game you bought because of what the developer promised but couldn't deliver on? Hey, you're not the only one. Adventurers, gear up for an all-new episode. Greetings, adventurer, and welcome to the Surly Nerd. Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to the show. We are the Surly Nerd, your geek news roundup for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week is my producer, Tony. Hey. And Hector's sadly out this week due to work, but he will be back next week, which, barring something crazy in the news, will finally be our Convince James to Watch Star Trek episode. This week, after the news, we're going to be talking about game developers over-promising and under-delivering on their games, which the developer behind Ori has some very choice words on. So before we start, don't forget that you can head over to patreon.com slash thesurlynerd, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. And hey, if you like what we're doing here, we would love if you would recommend us to a friend. It really does mean the world to us. With all that out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, adventurers of all ages, it's time for The Prelude. Prelude. All right, this is the Prelude. This is what we've been doing with ourselves this week, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time. Since Tony can't figure it out, I'm going to start this week. Um, so I've been playing Final Fantasy VII, which one of our uh, now patrons, Keith, I'm going to big shout out to, to Keith for this, um, did donate so that we could talk about Final Fantasy VII on the show. Uh, wanted to let you know we're still working on the background, how we want to do that episode. We don't know if we want to do it as a boss room. We don't know if we want to do it as a special mini episode because you were so kind to donate to us. Uh, but we will have a very If you have any huge... additional thoughts on the subject <laughs> or anybody else, if you want to talk about like Final Fantasy, hit us up on our Patreon or like... Uh, give us other ideas. Yeah, but we are definitely going to be doing a Final As Fantasy well. VII I mean, we want to uh, do more ideas. show at some point. Uh, we're going to be talking about the original. We're going to be talking about the remake. Uh, I've already discussed it with Hector. We have a lot to talk about because we grew up with that game and we have a lot of thoughts. There are a lot of side tangent games to that need to be really brought like up. All as of well, them. like all of the Titanic <laughs> games to bring up. Um, also, this week I've been trying to kind of catch up on uh, just catch up on TV in general. Uh, being that I was playing Persona for so long and mm -hmm. I was playing Final Fantasy for so long, um, I was like, "Man, what did I miss? Oh shit, I forgot to watch Sabrina." So I finally did that. I finally watched all of the final season of Sabrina. Um, I laughed. I cried. I'm gonna miss the show. It, it was fun. It ended in a good place. Yeah, it was good. It, Sabrina, like you're gonna be missed. Yeah, it it didn't get the Archie crossover, and it didn't. Which, and, and that's what I was hoping for. I was hoping for the Riverdale okay, crossover. So uh, that's what uh, that's one of the things I did watch was Archie. I, I there's three episodes. You that watched all of Riverdale. Ri yeah, sorry, Riverdale. Mm -hmm. This season of Riverdale has started, mm -hmm. and Sabrina ended. We didn't get a crossover. Please continue. I swear, I was thank you for reminding me that was one of the things <laughs> I did this week. Uh, and the other thing that I did as, outside of playing those games and doing all this stuff for the show is uh, catching up on TV. I finally remembered to catch up on Lucifer, like the one show that we've been like ranting and raving about how good it is. And then I, the last season just I oh fucked, I've enjoyed the hell I of fucked it. off and forgot this, to yeah, watch this it. Yeah, this last half season. I'm glad Netflix picked it up. Mm -hmm. Honestly, they just picked it up. They just kept making more of it. Yeah, they it's just on more Netflix, of it. and it's so good. And if you have not watched <laughs> Lucifer, please, please watch it. It's, it is, it's hard for us on this show to recommend a police procedural drama show, mm -hmm. but goddamn, if it isn't good, it's the last 
of the time, I think we really can. Because mm. even like I love Nathan Fielding as an actor, but his rookie show, mm. I can't suggest. It's they're trying to make it not right. the I mean, cop I like show, Castle. but I'm like Castle was good. Yeah, we all like police procedurals in that it's dumb and we don't have to think about it. Right. But let's also look at the things that we're not thinking about. That's true. So maybe we stop with the. Like, yeah, maybe. I get it. Like, it's an it, audience. But remember, like 10 years ago was a very different yeah, space. Yeah, 10 years ago, there was a million of them. There aren't that and many I, of them I'm now. just so happy that we actually get to have a good The most important to person to police procedural dramas is still Dick Wolf. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, also. Dick Wolf is the most the important best person. best fucking name <laughs> in showbiz. We've got Rip Torn and Dick Wolf. Like, that is a cop duo. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see a show about? No, I think it might be too much name. Drama? It's too much name. You can't have that much name in a marquee. All right. Uh, <laughs> do you know what you did this week, Tony? Did you do anything fun? Uh, so one of the things I did was I did watch um, the first three episodes of Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it takes, it, they do it, a time jump, don't they? So I'm about to hit the time jump. Oh, okay. Got it. There's a slight time jump in that like the new season started. So like they're like a couple weeks later. Sure. This yeah. is them graduating. This mm-hmm. is the end of the year. We're just going to wrap all that fucking old story stuff up, right, put right. it in a little fucking bow, and put it in the... Probably what was meant to be shown last year because it was COVID more, happened. It was more that... It was kind of a note of... like The last episode is a lot of flashbacks. Yeah. And you definitely see that these, these three episodes where we're just going to tie up all of that shit together yeah. and basically make it to where anything after the first season didn't fucking happen. Interesting. And okay. just... You, they you have re- to, they reset the Archie universe on well, the show. Think about it. You have to. You kind of. You don't have to. By resetting, I mean Archie resets itself with but not by number, but by always coming back home. Right. It's coming back home in that it realized it went too. It strayed too far from the Archie path. It's coming back it to did like get a bit weird there. Yeah, for a it while. got fucking Vampironica weird and yeah. zombie fucking dead brother weird. Yeah. They're going to do a time jump now after for starting with the fourth episode mm. so i'm interested in where it's going it's okay. just those three episodes uh are definitely a kind of a like a mm, it feels like that's the they we're just pumping the brakes <laughs> on where that world was going but i don't yeah. know where it's gonna go though because it could just get crazier where it's going but right, it did right. these, these first three are just a wrap up okay uh the time jump is where we're going to okay what else uh, did you do this week oh firefly lane a new show on Netflix. Yes. Uh, what is it? What is it about? Tell me about this show. I've never heard of it. Tully and Kate meet as young girls on Firefly Lane mm-hmm. and become inseparable friends throughout 30 years of ups and downs. Wow. Thank you for reading the description of the show. Yes, I I leave it at that because I'm very bad at the first beginning description thing. I'm okay. good at describing smaller okay, shit so you're later. So, you're several episodes in. Is it, this is a new Netflix show, obviously. Yeah, based on a book um, mm-hmm. by... I had her name over here. Did you ever watch The Fairy Show on Netflix? Because I'm waiting for your review no, on No, I haven't that. watched that one. Okay, well, that's the one I'm waiting for your review on. Like, your homework for yeah, the week Fire is, or whatever. Watch, watch The Fairy Show. Like, is I want to know Fire Festival, the, the whatever, I the British I, accents? I don't know, man. I don't know what Fire Festival is. You're the one supposed to be watching these... These cheesy shows. Just, just because something weird and fantasy or sci-fi came out doesn't mean I'm immediately drawn to it. I wasn't immediately <laughs> Says drawn the man to the who's like, James, you have to watch True Blood. James, you have to watch The Magicians. <laughs> like, just throwing them at me left and right. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I saw the trailer for this one. And I'm like, oh, that looks up Tony's Alley. And now we're like four weeks out and you still haven't watched it. I'm disappointed in you at this point. There's a lot of stuff that I haven't watched. There's a lot of things that you are just now getting to watch. Yes. I'm just expanding my 
storytelling into a seemingly nice story about two women and their lives together and how they grew up since they were like 14 Mm -hmm. through adulthood. One became a mother, one became a newscaster and like how their lives are intertwined and going to college and all that shit. Like it covers like their entire fucking lives (laughs) so far and it's fucking good. It's fun. It bounces around all over the place. So would recommend would recommend if you want a cheesy heartfelt thing mm-hmm. it's 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 not soap opera it's all it's but it's better than lifetime yeah i can see that okay all right <laughs> that is everything we have for the prelude this week we're gonna take a small break when we come back we'll be going into our new segment in the weekly raid Prelude. All right, this is the prelude. This is what we've been doing with ourselves this week, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time. Since Tony can't figure it out, I'm going to start this week. Um, so I've been playing Final Fantasy VII, which one of our uh, now patrons, Keith, I'm going to big shout out to, to Keith for this, um, did donate so that we could talk about Final Fantasy VII on the show. Uh, wanted to let you know, we're still working on the background, how we want to do that episode. We don't know if we want to do it as a boss room. We don't know if we want to do it as a special mini episode because you were so kind to donate to us. Uh, but we will have a very If you have any huge... additional thoughts on the subject <laughs> or anybody else, if you want to talk about like Final Fantasy, hit us up on our Patreon or like... Uh, give us other ideas. Yeah, but we are definitely going to be doing a Final As Fantasy well. Seven. I mean, we want to uh, do more ideas. Show at some point. Uh, we're going to be talking about the original. We're going to be talking about the remake. Uh, I've already discussed it with Hector. We have a lot to talk about because we grew up with that game, and we have a lot of thoughts. There are a lot of side tangent games uh, that need to really be brought up. As well, them. like all of the side tangent <laughs> games to bring up. Um, also, this week I've been trying to kind of catch up on uh, just catch up on TV in general, uh, being that I was playing Persona for so long and mm-hmm. I was playing Final Fantasy for so long. Um, I was like, man, what did I miss? Oh, shit, I forgot to watch Sabrina. So I finally did that. I finally watched all of the final season of Sabrina. Um, I laughed. I cried. I'm going to miss the show. It, it was fun. It ended in a good place. Yeah. It was good. It Sabrina, like, you're going to be missed. Yeah, it it didn't get the Archie crossover. And it didn't, which, and, and that's what I was hoping for. I was hoping for the Riverdale okay, crossover. So, uh, that's what uh, that's one of the things I did watch was Archie. I, I there's three episodes. You that watched all of Riverdale. Ri- yeah, sorry, Riverdale. Mm-hmm. This season of Riverdale has started, mm-hmm. and Sabrina ended. We didn't get a crossover. Please continue. I swear, I was. Thank you for reminding me. That was one of the things <laughs> I did this week. Uh, and the other <laughs> thing that I did is outside of playing those games and doing all the stuff for the show is uh, catching up on TV. I finally remembered to catch up on Lucifer, like the one show that we've been like ranting and raving about how good it is and then I, the last season just I oh fucked, I've enjoyed the hell I of fucked it. off and forgot this, to yeah, watch this it this last half season I'm glad Netflix picked it up mm-hmm. honestly they just picked it up they just kept making more of it yeah they it's kept just making on more Netflix of it. and it's so good and if you have not watched <laughs> Lucifer please please watch it it's it is it's hard for us on this show to recommend a police procedural drama show mm-hmm. but god damn if it isn't good it's the last of the time I think we really can because mm. even like I love Nathan Fielding as an actor but his rookie show I mm. can't suggest it's they're trying to make it not right. the and cop like show Castle. but I'm like Castle was good yeah we all like police procedurals in that it's dumb and we don't have to think about it right but let's also look at the things that we're not thinking about that's true so maybe we stop with the 
like, yeah, maybe. I get it. Like, it's it, an audience. But remember, like 10 years ago was a very different yeah, space. Yeah, 10 years ago, there was a million of them. There aren't that and many I, of I'm them I'm just now. so happy that we actually get to have a good The most important to person to police procedural dramas is still Dick Wolf. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, also. Dick Wolf is the most the important person. The best fucking name <laughs> in showbiz. It's got Rip Torn and Dick Wolf, like... That is a cop duo. <laughs> that you want to see a show about? <laughs> I think it might be too much name. Drama? It's too much name. You can't have that much name in a marquee. All right. Uh, <laughs> do you know what you did this week, Tony? Did you do anything fun? Uh, so one of the things I did was I did watch um, the first three episodes of Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it takes, it, they do it, a time jump, don't they? So I'm about to hit the time jump. Oh, okay. Got it. There's a slight time jump in that like the new season started. So like they're like a couple weeks later, sure, this yeah. is them graduating. This mm-hmm. is the end of the year. We're just going to wrap all that fucking old story stuff up, right, put right. it in a little fucking bow and put it in the, probably what was meant to be shown last year because it COVID was more, happened. it was more that it was kind of a note of like the last episode is a lot of flashbacks. Yeah. And you definitely see that these, these three episodes where we're just going to tie a, all of that shit together yeah. and basically make it to where anything after the first season didn't fucking happen. Interesting. And just, you, they, you have re- to, they reset the Archie universe. On well, the think show. about it. You have to, you kind of, you don't have to by resetting. I mean, Archie resets itself with, but not by number, but by always coming back home. Right. It's coming back home in that it, Realized it went too, it strayed too far from the Archie path. It's coming back it to did like get a bit weird there. Yeah, for a it while. got fucking Vampironica weird and yeah. zombie fucking dead brother weird. Yeah, they're going to do a time jump now after for starting with the fourth episode. Mm. So I'm interested in where it's going. It's okay. just those three episodes uh, are definitely a kind of a, like a. Mm. It feels like that's the they we're just pumping the brakes on where that world was going. But I don't yeah. know where it's gonna go though, because it could just get crazier where it's going. But right, it did right. these these first three are just a wrap up. Okay. Uh the time jump is where we're going to. Okay. What else uh, did you do this week? Oh, Firefly Lane. It's a new show on Netflix. Yes. Uh, what is it? What is it about? Tell me about this show. I've never heard of it. Tully and Kate meet as young girls on Firefly Lane mm. and become inseparable friends throughout 30 years of ups and downs. Wow. Thank you for reading the description of the show. Yes, I, I leave it at that because I'm very bad at the first beginning description thing. Okay. I'm good at describing smaller okay, shit so you're later. So, you're several episodes in. This is, is a new Netflix show, obviously. Yeah, based on a book um, mm-hmm. by... I had her name over here. Did you ever watch The Fairy Show on Netflix? Because I'm waiting for your review no, on that. No, I haven't that. watched that one. Okay, that's the one I'm waiting for your review on. Like your homework for yeah, the week. Fire or whatever. Watch, watch the fairy show. Like, is I want to Fire know Festival, this. the whatever. I the British I, accents. I don't know, man. I don't know what Fire Festival is. You're the one is. supposed to be watching these these cheesy shows. Just, just because something weird and fantasy or sci-fi came out doesn't mean I'm immediately drawn to it. I wasn't immediately <laughs> Says drawn to it. the man who's dance. like, James, you have to watch True Blood. James, you have to watch The Magicians. <laughs> like, just throwing them at me left and right. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I saw the trailer for this one. And I'm like, oh, that looks up Tony's Alley. And now we're like four weeks out and you still haven't watched it. I'm disappointed in you at this point. There's a lot of stuff that I haven't watched. There's a lot of things that you are just now getting to watch. Yes. I'm just expanding my storytelling into a seemingly nice story about two women and their lives together and how they grew up since they were like 14 Mm -hmm. through adulthood. One 
became a mother, one became a newscaster, and like how okay. their lives are intertwined and going to college and all that shit. Like it covers like their entire fucking lives <laughs> so far, and it's fucking good. It's fun. It bounces around all over the place. So, so would recommend. Would recommend if you want a cheesy, heartfelt thing. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not soap opera. It's all it's, but it's better than Lifetime. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. All right. That is everything we have for the prelude this week. We're going to take a small break. When we come back, we'll be going into our new segment in the Weekly Raid. Weekly Raid. Hey, adventurers, welcome back to the show. This is the Weekly Raid, our news roundup for the week. There's a ton to cover, so we're going to start with a speed run of some of the lighter news for the week, and we have at least one bigger thing to talk about at the very end before the boss room. You always have to give them the bigger thing at the end. Always the bigger thing at the end. Absolutely, yeah. 110 You never raid. start with the bigger thing. Right, right. That just you sets have to an ease expectation. to the bigger thing. That sets, I feel like that just sets an expectation you just don't want to have to do. Yeah, that. no, like, yeah. you don't. You don't just start reading the encyclopedia. You gotta, you, like, you, know. you just don't start with the Cimmerillion. Jeez, start with the Hobbit. You gotta get green eggs and ham that shit first, man. Come on, give me like Clifford the Big Red Dog. Also, if we had to start with the Cimmerillion, I'm pretty sure nobody would ever have known who Tolkien was. They'd be like, well, that's bad. Put that away. Oh, yeah, no, that would never have sold. <laughs> yeah. All right, so kicking things off in the news this week, and I cannot believe that I'm actually saying this on the podcast, the internet has really, really, really gotten into the tall vampire lady in the upcoming Resident Evil Village game. So they have been spending the week trying to figure out how tall she is. Well, the art director came out this week and said that with her high heels and her hat, she's probably about nine foot six inches. Is this useless information? Probably. But if I had to read about it all week, now you have to know about it. <laughs> I only got I, I got something also that's also nine point six for her. Like I I don't know. <laughs> that's a horrible joke. Yeah. Um, and it's surprising. I get like, I get the, the internet, obsession. The I get what they're there for. But like it's not my The reason I'm bringing this up is you have to understand that like the internet's obsession with this character that we've only briefly seen in a video game has gotten to the level where Capcom actually had their art director who made the character and said. All right, if you guys are that hot for it, let me uh, calculate this. Yep, here you go. Here's the exact measurements. This is... So all this is is us giving access to the people who made Jessica Rabbit. All right? Like pretty much. We're just hounding the people (laughs) who are making the thing that we think is sexy. Right. It's kind of weird. Fandom is a weird place. Yeah. I like being a fan of things. Fandoms kind of terrify me. Yeah, no, whenever... um, We've seen where fandom can go. Like it just even sometimes like, it can go to a dark place. Yeah, it goes in weird places. <laughs> and uh, again, not to kink. Sh- I'm not kink shaming anybody that discovered things no. about themselves. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's this, really cool. I'm pretty sure this game is going to awaken a lot of things in a lot of people. It's going to be their gadget. You know, I fucking hope it's so. It's going to be their gadget from Rescue Rangers all over again. They're going to be like, oh, I'm into a thing, and I didn't even realize I was into that. Or uh, <laughs> goofy movie. Yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was a thing. Yeah, goofy yeah. movie. Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's yeah. keep the Capcom train rolling for a little bit, though. 
<laughs> so Capcom recently put out their annual report, and it had a really interesting bit of information in it. So I'm going to go ahead and just quote it so we can kind of dive into it. They said, in the Japanese game market, discussions have been taking place for several years about the problem of gotcha, or lottery-style game mechanics, primarily in mobile games. Overseas, gotcha-like loot boxes have been banned in some countries. As a creator of entertainment culture, Capcom believes that games should be enjoyed for the entertainment value they provide with gameplay, not for the thrills associated with winning a lottery. We do not want to see games that are supposed to make people happy having the opposite effect as a result of excessive charges. For that reason, we are working to ensure that all users can enjoy our games fairly and safely. In principle, we minimize gotcha elements in mobile games we develop in our home video games, and we provide any content required to enjoy the full game free of charge while offering some additional content at low cost. That being said, before we get into the discussion about this, okay. before we get all excited, because this does seem like Capcom doing a good... I mean, Just, it sounds like Capcom writing a letter and not probably actually doing anything that means anything. Right. But let's just remember that Capcom previously had microtransactions in things like Resident Evil, I think it was like Resistance, mm -hmm. like just last year or the year before. There's also been some really bad faith stuff, like years ago bad faith stuff. And I do want to kind of emphasize this was years ago, but like game content that was, quote, DLC that was actually still hiding on the game discs. Mm -hmm. So like... They, it's, they have a history of, of bad things. Now, we kind of do have to ask the question, you know, if, if they are doing a good, then maybe we should let them do a good. But you also can't forget the past, right? You can't just be like, well, well no. The thing is, the past has to be remembered because obviously we don't want to get fucking fifa We don't want to get battlefronted. We have to look at each company individually about what their track record for... Uh, loot boxes, gotcha elements. And this has to go not just like in their console stuff, but like the gamut of their, their PC games, mobile games, whatever type, whatever their games are that they're on, it needs to encompass as a company. What are their actual views? Mm -hmm. Not just, Oh, we took it out of these two games. People complained about <laughs> if they are going to make legitimate changes sure. and we actually see a systematic change and a new idea for how additional content can be brought in for additional or how additional revenue can be brought in that helps the player. Sure. Cool. I'm super on board, but it's more of like, I'll believe it when I fucking see it. Right. You can make this bold claim. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's, that's what it sounds it. like. It sounds like they're doing, it sounds I mean, like a bunch of cool and, shit. And, and, and to like, be fair, I like cannot we, believe it. We have been complimenting Capcom quite a bit recently. They have made been, some really good changes. Doing good. But like also you got to still look at the past and go, but you did some bad, but you're doing good. Yeah. Let's keep you doing the good. Well, yeah, it's the, should I think, a, think a company for doing what the bare it, minimum, the, what, yeah, what literally is the bare minimum. Right. And it's, it's like whenever you hear like Jeff Bezos gave everybody at worked at Amazon, including all the people that worked at warehouse a hundred dollars. Like, right, cool. Right. You realize if he, he could give everybody a hundred thousand and still have not lost a fucking cent. Right. Right. And yeah, you go like, that's, understandable. that's what, but, but Capcom yeah. has been doing good and we need to just kind yeah. of lean on that and say, all right, you guys are I doing think good. Capcom is in a good, good place right now, mm -hmm. but we need to keep an eye on them, especially going forward because this feels like they might help spearhead like the unionization because I mean, like, be if huge. they're making that some, they're making good strides as a company and we're really, I, I feel very positive about where they're headed. 
And, and so and, far, they haven't. Like, and Brooklyn let me down. does bring mm-hmm. up a really good point. They've earned a lot of better graces with the Monster Hunter additional content. Yep. A lot of that stuff is free. Uh, you know, they you pay and for the base Monster game. Monster Hunter um, Switch you know. as well. Yeah. I've, I've heard that that has good. Well, yes, that's a, that's the thing that people want, but <laughs> or no, but, like it's but, the but DLC stuff going. Yeah, but could, the idea like, is that Monster Hunter, you know, puts out their game mm-hmm. and they do it kind of almost in the Final Fantasy fourteen esque format, mm-hmm. where like they put out the game and they're going to have a big expansion, but between that, they put out a lot of free content, just tons of free content that's just like, thanks for buying our game at you know forty, sixty bucks, whatever. Yep. You get all this. Here's this huge Witcher campaign and all this other stuff. So they yeah. are the way they update specifically Monster Hunter yeah. has been crazy. Um, they're just in a good place. This sounds like something that's gr- a great step in the right direction for the industry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, we just have to keep on them and make sure we. This isn't the the a throwaway or the only change. Yeah. Other okay. companies need to be held to the minimum standard of this. <laughs> well, we're going to get into that a lot later. Uh, so let's just, just jump into something fun real quick. Um, the wildly popular DC Knights Metal that came out in 2017, it introduced the world to an alternate universe that housed the villain, the Batman Who Laughs, uh, did get a sequel series in 2020. And those comics are about to be released internationally. So they only kind of came out here in the U.S., Mm -hmm. especially because DC was dealing with a lot of publishing stuff. And what DC has done is for the seven-issue series uh, uh, for the uh, DC Knights Metal, they are going to be putting out variant covers in the international market. And I think they actually are going to be coming to the U.S. as well. Uh, But each of the alternate covers is going because if so if you're unfamiliar with this series it's a very very dark series that dc has produced and the people who made it wrote it while listening to a lot of heavy metal music and so every book kind of has a theme based on the music they were listening to at the time and so what they're doing is they're going to theme these new covers uh based on the music that they were listening to and i believe i do actually believe that the um Playlists are on Spotify for like DC Knights Metal. And so the seven issue series that's going to be coming out, I don't have all of the alternate covers mm-hmm. uh, in front of me, but we have like Opeth, uh, Ozzy, Lacuna Coil, Ghost, Megadeth. And those bands Ooh. are on the cover, like with the Batman <laughs> Who Laughs. Like every single okay. one of the bands, is, and they're all done in a different art style, and they look so cool. And I want to encourage people if, if you're into metal at all, like look this up um, because holy crap, these covers are like the one they did with Ozzy. Like Ozzy looks like he belonged in the world of DC Knights Metal with the artist they got to draw him with the Batman who laughs. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, his image is very iconic, and because it's so simplified in its imagery, and he's just got yeah. like a old man face at this point, right? Uh, but, Musically, though, it's he hasn't been where he... No, obviously. <laughs> but this is so cool, especially the, the range of bands they chose for this. Um, like I believe uh, Lacuna Coils is the one that's on like the Wonder Woman cover. Um, so they did very, very well with their placement on all of these. Um, and if you're worried that you don't want to go out and buy the single issues, uh, DC said, like, hey, we're going to do an omnibus of this miniseries, uh, and we will put all the variant covers in there and like this gorgeous splash page so you can like check them out. But yeah, it's just an awesome little fun bit of comic book news for something that's going to be coming down the line a little bit uh, I want to say a couple months from now is when it starts yeah. do we so. have the um, the Wonder Woman ish news in no, there no I do not have that oh here. okay that's a, I, don't, I have to find the actual name of everybody involved there's a new Wonder Woman oh right. uh, she's in the first actual Amazonian it will be an Amazonian because mm-hmm. of her history she comes from right the Amazon right 
she's going to be the new Wonder Woman. She will eventually become the new Wonder Woman, but she's actually going to go from like Wonder Girl or whatever right. that character so, name is. So we did uh, previously talk about. This <laughs> I can't remember if we talked about this at so all. So we talked about this previously in the podcast, not specifically about this new Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. but this is this is a, a different line of DC Comics that they're doing where they're reintroducing. Um, the uh, new heroes that are the existing yeah. heroes, but different. Um, so, okay, so this is the first one they've actually come out and yeah, they finally started um, announcing a bit about that. Wonder Woman, written and drawn by women, mm-hmm. created by, and it's like cool. Yeah, I awesome. just wish I, I thought it was maybe in the notes, so I was like, can we just skip no. to that one because like, it was I a good could, segue. Was and a very, asked, there was oh, very shit. little, there was very little information. This is why you're not so preparing my <laughs> other set of notes. <laughs> this is what you get, Tony. This is what you, you got. A tell double me. note. You got a double note. You, got, you can't just go in there dry, dry noting it. You, you got a double you cannot note. Cannot whatsoever. Okay, so next up, if you are a Cloverfield fan, it was announced this week Who that bad, there? bad robot. Well, I've never seen it, so I'm not. Um, I mean, obviously, everyone except for James is a fan of Cloverfield, and we should shun him. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Thanks for like <laughs> gaslighting me on fucking Cloverfield. No, like, right. how are you not seeing Cloverfield at this point? It just it. It has never really. I feel like it has together. to have been on the background, like one of the three movies. No, it's just one of those things that nobody's ever been like, hey, do you want to watch fucking Cloverfield? So, anyways, if you're a Cove Cloverfield yeah, fan, this is a really... big week because Bad Robot said they're going to be working on a true sequel to the first film. So, because from what I understand, okay. the second film was a repurposed film that got put into the universe. Yeah. And this new movie is going to be a sequel to the first film. And it, the early sources are saying this is not going to be a found footage movie. Okay, yeah, the first movie is a monster movie, found footage, and if you played the ARG, essentially, you learned more about the company and blah, blah, blah. Right, sure. J.J. Abrams hidden bullshit in the early days of the internet. Yeah. I ate that fucking shit up. It was candy. But um, since then, the second movie was made, and you can see kind of at the end how, like, or not necessarily at the end, but like you can see how the Cloverfield story could feel shoehorned into that. But much like... Saw one, saw two. That you can tell they're the two different movies, but they're in the same universe. They just kind of got to get squished together. Sure, yeah. The third one is keeping in the idea that every movie from Cloverfield should be a kind of a genre jump mm-hmm. and show you a different thing, but about specifically about this one event. Okay. It's a spoiler for the whole fucking thing of it, Cloverfield. We, we know it's a monster movie. Like that's... It's, there's a monster movie, but there's an event that causes the got thing. It. And you learn more about that in the third movie where it actually makes sense, I guess. Well, this is supposed to be the third movie, though. Cool. This is it's going to be the fourth one because there's definitely three. Okay. <laughs> there's the one that Netflix made. There's the one be- before that with... Um, okay, then maybe I'm yeah. mistaken. You're, you're the Cloverfield I like, here. I, no, I weirdly, I like Cloverfield, except for that first movie is so shaky camera mm. and so early days of the internet-y that sure. you can't really, like, why are we going back to this is what I'm trying, what well, it's, a long it's going, way it's, for me to get to that well, no, it's going to be a sequel to it, but it's not going to be a shaky cam movie. So, okay. like, it's going to be a continuation of that plot. So, monster movie, big alien came from the sea, monster movie, Sure, whatever, whatever it is. But it, they're saying, like, we're not or not they're not saying they're not acknowledging the second movie. They're saying that this okay. is a direct sequel to the first one. Okay. No, I'm just interested in where we're going to go with this because in that movie, even though it is a shaky camera movie, it is a monster movie. A city got destroyed. Mm. I guess we'll find out. 
trailer should be hitting. Yeah, like when do we show. have a not Godzilla franchise <laughs> or King Kong? Like those two are fighting each other. They put yeah. a trailer out. I yes. refuse to watch it because I just want to watch the fucking movie. Sure. I don't want anything Well, you don't spoiled. watch trailers, Tony. Yeah, understand. I don't watch trailers anymore. And that's fine. Just put the fucking movie on. All right. So earlier this week, we got leaked some, uh, some leaked photos went online for the remaster of GoldenEye 007, the old Nintendo 64 game. Um, this game... This remaster never came to be on the Xbox 360. Um, it was said that the game itself was nearly complete and had a bunch of different options within the game itself. Like you could set a Nintendo 64 graphics mm-hmm. uh, for the remaster or go to the higher this res version. This is one of the rumored games yeah, it was one since of those lost the 360. Rumored, yeah, rumored games of all time. Uh, there was a configuration setting so you could play it like normally with your D-pad. You could also set it to be like Nintendo 64 D-pad or something weird. There was a lot of... Some arbitrary weird... Some arbitrary uh, weird configuration <laughs> yeah. for this. But yeah, the long story... This is just an urban legend from the early days of the internet. Like, hey, they were going to remake, you know, GoldenEye 007 at some point. And... Because why not? Yeah. And we didn't know anything about it. <laughs> and so, like, finally, this, like, dude pops up on Twitter and says, yeah, by the way, I worked on that. Here's a bunch of screenshots from the game. And everybody, like, lost their shit. They're like, holy shit, the game of my childhood. It does exist. It does exist. I w- and everybody, at the same time, said, like, man, I wish this had come out. And then somehow, several days later... The game has gone online. Like you, if if you really want to play this remaster of GoldenEye, it, it's out yeah, there. Yeah, people are playing it right now. Yeah, people are literally actively. Playing it right now. Like, I looked at it and went, "I don't want to play that." Well, sure, because I just don't, I, was, I have I, no I was, interest in playing. I, I wasn't that. a GoldenEye person. Yeah, I would I never really give a shit about GoldenEye. Yeah, I like Perfect Dark. Um, <laughs> it was that's kind of the dividing. Like, did you, which ones do you like? Do you like Perfect Dark? Yeah, you like that was Perfect GoldenEye. Dark. I but like that's Perfect fine. Dark. But you know. Goldeneye ran or walked so that Perfect Dark could run. Yeah. And so, um, but I was really excited for like a lot of my friends that did grow up with Goldeneye because they're like, holy crap, this exists. I just got to go out and find it now. Uh, we won't paste where to find it, um, but it does. You can ex- do a Google search. You can do a Google search <laughs> and you can find it. So if you're really excited about playing Goldeneye, it's absolutely out there. For a um, lot of people, this is actually, it, it is really cool. And if you look at the difference between the original and the remaster, the remaster looks better than some of the games I've, I've I've played recently in some cases. <laughs> uh, so this is kind of cool. Play it while you can if you want to, because yeah, this is going to go away chance. very soon. There's a good chance. Get it out on the internet. You can't later. have James Bond in the name of anything and yeah. that not have lawyers involved very quickly. Yeah, exactly. If this, it, it, I don't feel this is going to be... Um, a stunt to try and get, like make interest in another remake. I, I really feel this is just a dude who's like, it, I mean, the game. It, it could be either of those. I, things. I just don't feel this is a stunt because it's just too. No, I think it was just, just too. I, uh, I'm pretty okay. sure somebody just found like a CD with like some code yeah. on it, and I was like, oh shit, that game I worked on. I wonder if anybody would mind if I just uploaded this to the internet. Yeah, like this is like. I would equate it to someone being like, oh, remember the Diablo uh, slash Warcraft crossover game that we made? <laughs> Here you go. You're like, what the fuck did, when did this, when were you doing this? Like, oh yeah, we just didn't tell you about that. Yeah, we were just bored. Sorry, we and it was crap, so we canceled it. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, Think of how many fun. Blizzard games have been canceled and that somebody has them on their hard drive. Somebody. Someone for the love of fuck, get me Star Wars 1313. <laughs> right? Give me Starcraft Ghost, please. I just <laughs> want to play cyberpunk star wars (laughs) (laughs) oh man all right so the director of black panther um 
Ryan Coogler is already hard at work on the sequel movie. Obviously, we know there's going to be a Black Panther 2 movie. Um, But apparently, one movie is not enough to make fans happy. He actually announced this week that there is going to be a Disney Plus show coming in the future. We don't know anything about it, but we know that it's going to be completely... Disney just announced like a whole slate of shit for like the next while. Yeah. (laughs) But we do know it is a show that is squarely just set in Wakanda. Okay, cool. Like, I don't feel like I have to say much more than that. I'm like, yeah, that, yeah, put it in my face. Put it in my face yeah. faster, actually. I like, want that. <laughs> you're not releasing WandaVision fast enough. Put I, everything in my face I faster. want the, weirdly, I'm going to go in a weird direction on this. I want um, the Wakandan not, version of the IT crowd. That would be kind of funny, actually. I feel like it would just be sure yelling at people a lot. No, I, I, I want it. I really don't want it to be any of like the characters that we know. I right, want it to you, be the IT department of Wakanda. Of Wakanda, <laughs> it's the IT crowd. Have you tried rebooting your helicarrier? <laughs> like that's. I think that would be it, it, at least a one issue comic needs to come from this. Right, right. <laughs> it's just a funny idea. I can see it. Um. Would, I didn't, I didn't uh, honestly, expect a Wakanda it, show, it, though. It could be like a complete set of one-offs, though. Yeah. Like, you could just do like an eight-episode series that's all a complete set of one-offs. So like, one is like the IT crowd. Maybe you have like an episode that's like, like The Office. Like, like yes, you may not like The Office, uh, but think about a Wakanda version of that. Yeah, no, it gave me a beautiful idea for a 1980s videotaped, like, welcome to Wakanda. We have tall buildings. <laughs> Kind of thing. You know, I, obviously, I'm not writing this off the top of my fucking head sure. right now. But that kind of like ridiculously bad. Like, <laughs> we're not actors. You hired us to. We're the guy. We're the IT department. <laughs> like that That'd kind of. So good. I want an episode that's that. Like, there's so much fun with this. But anything that's more Wakanda. Yeah, pretty is much. Cool. Super excited about it. Uh, let's see. Here. <laughs> U- Universal has hired the indie, indie director of Nomadland. Uh, her name is uh, Chloe Zhao. And she is going to be working on an original, futuristic, sci-fi western about living on the fringe of society. The twist to this movie? It's about Dracula. I distinctly have watched this anime. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're like, I've watched 50 animes look like this. Jeez. No. Um, Vampire Hunter D is like, okay, cool. I've seen that this. That is true, actually. <laughs> Fuck, I didn't think about that. My, That's like one of my, my favorite animes. And my I'm immediate like, thought was like, I, I watched Vampire Hunter D. Are we just doing Vampire Hunter D again? Can we just do <laughs> Vampire Hunter D? I mean, like, I would do a Vampire Hunter D if I could do a Vampire Hunter right? D. Right? Like, I would do Vampire Hunter D. Yeah. I think we're talking about two different we're things the, here. If, if it's in the same vein anywhere along those oh, lines. Oh, good vampire joke there. Yeah. Good vampire pun. Un, like un, un, uh, unintended. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unintendies. <laughs> yeah, that's like now that you mentioned, I'm like, fuck, this is Vampire Hunter D. Why the fuck aren't you just making that? Like, like space, western, futuristic. Dracula. Dracula. That's It's literally Vampire Hunter that, D. <laughs> if you had to boil Vampire Hunter D into like, a fucking uh, uh, elevator pitch. Right. Like That's it. Three episodes ago, I was just being like, why don't we just adapt the books? The books are really good. Why don't you just fucking do that? I don't know, Universal. Maybe go find these books that are exactly this thing that you're talking about and go make those. Even, I, I, I know that this isn't going to be a Vampire Hunter D ripoff. That was my immediate thought. Right. The cool thing is, because we know this is where Vampire, like it's, I immediately went like, I was like, Vampire Hunter D. They have to know that as well. They have to. At some point, and they know they can't rip that shit off. So you know, it true. has to be something different. And mm. I'm all for something that's new and different and not Vampire Hunter 
D, but also different, but not a sequel you just to an want more D in your life, Tony. You just want more D in your life. Look here. <laughs> There's a rocket ship that's also a castle. <laughs> it is true. And it's, it's not just one. Like, every vampire has their own rocket ship castle. Yeah. And they keep flying that around. Plot, that is the plot of the movie. Yes. It, but also, there's a train that we have to go rob with this guy who has like a werewolf mouth on his stomach. This is part of the fucking plot of one of the werewolf vampire hunter D fucking movies. Yes, you're just accurately describing. I'm just describing it completely out of order <laughs> because it so doesn't make any fucking sense. And also, do yourself fuck, a favor. I just want to watch vampire hunter go D. Watch now. vampire hunter D this week. Do yourself a favor. Can we just? Guys, if y'all want to, like, I know, like, it's one of the rewards on Patreon is join our Discord that we super don't spend well, any time we're, on. We're, that we're trying to set up right now. Yeah, like, no, if y'all want to watch Vampire Hunter D with us, maybe <laughs> once we get our up. Patreon, once we get our Discord set up, we'll I, send out Yeah, no, invites. like, if you like that idea, hit us up on Patreon. We could have a movie night. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> Sony put out their earnings report this week, and they did post they are taking a loss in the sale of the PS5. But they did, Obviously. they did specify that this is nothing new to console sales. Yeah, it's. It's happened this is since for the, the beginning course. of consoles. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way that it is. And that's <laughs> something I just wanted to bring up for, for our audience. Um, if you're unfamiliar with this, every game company in, since the dawn of time, they take a hit on their consoles. Yeah, it's part of the life cycle. You yeah. know that the beginning is where you're going to get your early adopters and people jumping on the product. That's where you're going to get evangelical people to um, start spearheading a bigger movement of adoption. That with that, that early adopters are while we're willing to spend a higher price at the beginning, there's not enough of them to match the amount that went into product development or just literally creating the fucking thing. Right. So you take a loss for a shorter amount of time to get those early adopters on board and get that brought out to a larger audience. Mm -hmm. This product cycle is slightly different in that while there have been shortages in the past. This is more of a worldwide shortage mm -hmm. that isn't going to be going away immediately because the manufacturing of PS5s is through AMD. Mm -hmm. AMD is currently releasing new graphics cards mm -hmm. um, that they have being made for them as well and new processors. And oh yeah, they also do the exact same thing for Microsoft as well. And I believe they're working with Apple a little bit right. at some point. They're, yeah. and, well, and they work for in, with Intel sometimes too. Yeah, they're sure. a little bit fucking busy mm -hmm. as just a company and let alone their manufacturing. Right. Because they're manufacturing for all of these different or rather other people are manufacturing for them in their name of a lot of different, like the factories can only reproduce so much. Mm -hmm. We are going to be in a graphics card slash console shortage for a while. People just got to accept that what this means for the consoles going forward. Um, I think that this was more so a part of Xbox's plan because they knew they had to get new people on board and transition people into their new gaming platform that's not a console, like the whole service. Game yeah, Game Pass. Versus Sony, which was looking this as traditional console lifecycle. Hmm. Um, I think we, they were planning on their second year to be the, the big push, you know, that's where they have sure, yeah. more stock coming in. It's the second Christmas. The first Christmas sells out because you have very little stock. It always fucking happens. They were expecting that for the second one, and I don't think any company is going to be available next December. Right. 
this is not what we're talking about for the news or whatsoever. That was my was side say, tangent you, you about really where I believe the state, the, uh, the economy of graphics cards and consoles will be within the next year sure. is not a pretty place. So be nice to people and don't rip them off on eBay. No, there you go. Uh, but yeah, so we yeah all, what's Sony up to other consoles it, that are, <laughs> it's, it's just known as a fact that companies take a loss on their first round of con, uh, take a hit on their first yeah. round of consoles. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, but, I mean, the numbers are there. All of them are selling out, both for Xbox and for, uh, you know, well, the PS5. I know, when I said, like, it's not that they can't manufacture, they literally cannot manufacture enough yeah. for the demand. It's sold out everywhere. Every graphics card, every console, yeah. every technology is gone yeah. right now. And it, it's... <sighs> okay, so let's, yeah. ra- let's wrap up the news week with something a little bit strange. So earlier in this week, there was this huge announcement about how Google Stadia will be coming to a newer generation of OLED uh, LG televisions, cool. which is a pretty huge announcement. It's like you get your new LG TV, There's a controller put, with it. put Stadia on it, and you're good to go. Awesome announcement. But then later, like Google Chrome's already installed in a bunch of TVs, right? Sure, yeah. Same well, thing as like Amazon some. has theirs. Yeah. But then later in the week, Stadia announced that it's going to be shutting out down its game studio. Yeah. Uh, they're no longer going to be working on producing games. They're just going to be distributing them on the Stadia platform. Uh, because of this, about 150 people got were, got laid off. A game studio got closed. Yeah. Um, Google's internal one team mm-hmm. that was making possibly a game. Right. I mean, that really sucks for these people. Like, it's I, I might I. I Heart goes out, you know, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but the, the question is asked. What, the, what does this mean? Why this? would why would Google be like, hey, we're gonna team up with what was LG. the company? LG and put this product on a thing mm-hmm. that immediately from a like an investor point of view, from anybody who's like just even a, a consumer point of view, is just gonna go like, oh, but the next thing I heard in the news is you just wanted to get rid of that. Right. You just closed it. That's the question that is, is always asked because when Stadia was announced years ago now, and we were like, is this a product that will last? Because we know that Google, if a product doesn't do well enough, they will shut it down. There is a literal yeah. website that keeps track of the products that Google has shut down. And now this... That was the... When immediately we saw it, it was like, how soon is this going to be shut down because right. of how, the, how quick it was? Hmm. We've said that for its entire life cycle so Absolutely. Far. While Stadia hasn't been shut down, mm-hmm. this is looking closer to right. That's its the death. first. That's whenever, the first observation, the first right? Get, yeah. Whenever you we, get rid of the gaming studio, making your first party games, yeah. when you see the state of the industry, mm-hmm. when you have Xbox buying up game studios literally left and right, oh, absolutely. Sony, who's created some very great pillars of first party studios, Nintendo is. Nintendo, right? There's there's <laughs> it's, staple. It, yeah, it's, they're, they're one of the biggest. They're the the biggest. Right, like. and that's the question that everybody asks. They, the first question in everybody's minds when they saw this news was: if we're hearing that Stadia's first party publication is going away, and they've laid off 150 people, how long until the product itself is dead? And I feel like there is a. You can look at both sides of the argument. You could say, well, you know, it's important that they allocate resources where they need to be mm-hmm. and their resources should be in creating a solid distribution platform. Yep. And so taking that money away from the publication side 
makes that, that money readily available. And then there's the other side of the argument, which is Google just shut another thing down. How long till they shut this thing down? The issue that Google has with this is in weird, weirdly just naming because if they had Stadia as a service separated from any first party game development, mm -hmm. that game development studio would be called something not Stadia related. Right. Um, you would literally want to enforce that name because unless it's successful, you don't want to close a project. You don't want to keep calling the thing that you want to keep alive the thing you're just killing. Right. So <laughs> if Microsoft suddenly decided they wanted to kill Microsoft Game Studios yeah. or Xbox I mean, they, Game Studios, yeah. be like, well, that doesn't bode well. Yeah, you can't really change the name of the thing that we already right. know the name of, but because it's too tied into it. Mm -hmm. But if they had called the game studio, I don't know. Uh, the Taco Bob. Taco Bob. Yeah, sure. If they'd call it Taco Bob and Taco Bob had to get shut down because they're putting that money into Stadia instead, mm -hmm. or they don't give a fuck. They're just shutting down their game studio called Taco Bob. We wouldn't fucking care. Right. But because fact, it it's has called it. Stadia and we were expecting this new platform thing. Mm -hmm. No, I totally understand where you're coming from. I just, it I feel bad. Like, what was this game they were working on? I want to know, like, right. it was, like it, give me the behind Tony, the scenes Tony, of the I story. Hate to break it to you. They were actually working on 1313. So it's the second time 1313 has been canceled. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. This is the worst timeline. It is absolutely the worst timeline. All right, that is everything that we have for the news this week. We're going to take a small break. When we come back on the other side, we'll be going into our main topic in the boss room. Boss room. Greetings, adventures, and welcome back to the show. This is our boss room, our main topic for the show. It's sometimes related to the news, sometimes not. Today, we're going to be talking about game developers who overhype their game before the game comes out and fail to hit the mark when the game is released. The reason for this is that Moon Studios founder and Ori series director, uh, Thomas Mayer, had some very choice words about Cyberpunk 2077 this week, and he ended up making a much, much longer rant about it. A really long like a rant. A really actually. long rant. And I tried to edit this down to the best I could and condense it. You, really, you get through like the first third of it, and you're just like, fuck, this thing just keeps going. He had things to say. <laughs> so... This brings us to our, our main topic, you know, for the show itself, which is kind of developer promises and developer hype and how sometimes games underperform. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to... Fan expectation a little bit. Right. So I'm going to set aside a little time here to kind of catch you guys up and read some of the forum posts to you. Yeah. That way we can dive into it because there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack here. Again, this isn't going to be a retelling the entire thing. No, not, if, I re, if I retold the whole forum post, it would be like here. 40 minutes. Right, yeah. That would be the <laughs> whole Just show. reading the thing. So right. these are highlights from the transcript. Sure. So the forum post in question was titled, Why are gamers so eager to trust and even forgive the snake oil salesman? First off, bold statement on your title right there. Well done. Um, he said that he... That's clickbait, right? That's, it was kind of clickbaity. But it was a forum clickbait. post, so I guess it is what it is. He said that he that he believes that us believing the lies that game developers tell us is a practice that dates back to Fable's designer Peter Molyneux, who is very very famous for overhyping his games. Uh, basically, if you're unfamiliar with this. Um, Peter Molyneux would come out on stage and he'd be like, "Hey, I'm going to tell you about Fable, and it's going to do these five million things." But Ed does like five. 
Mm. Um, Grand so, ideas. Right. So this game creator, a game dev went on to say, like, you know, Peter Molyneux was the master of, instead of telling you what my product is, let me just go wild with what I think it could be and get you all excited. And that was fine until you actually put your money down and the game was nothing like what Peter was hyping it up to be. He said he pulled this shit for a good decade or more with journalists and gamers loving listening to Uncle Peter and the amazing things he's doing for the industry. It took him releasing some pretty damn shoddy games uh, to the press and to gamers to not listen to him anymore on that. Yeah, I, I feel like if you changed Peter to Elon, we're going to be reliving this kind, in like kind of two years. As, yeah, right. But um, these are... I feel like he's very much going after Peter at the very beginning mm. of this, but he wasn't the first one. He wasn't the first, and here he we wasn't go. the first. Yeah, sure. Um, he went on to say that uh, talk about No Man's Sky's developer Sean Murray. He said the guy just apparently loved the spotlight. Even days before No Man's Sky released, he hyped it up, saying there was going to be this multiplayer that didn't even exist, and was all too happy to th- let people think that No Man's Sky was going to be Minecraft in space, where you could literally do everything. Uh, you being able to do everything is a generally common theme, by the way, in the snake oil salesman, because that's what attracts everybody. Um, obvious, God game, specifically God style games. Yeah. But he's talking about things like fable where Peter Molyneux came out and said, you can yep. do everything. Um, he said there was obviously a massive backlash when no man's sky finally released and that the product was nothing like what Murray had hyped it up to be. And yeah, they released a bunch of updates. So let's forget about the initial lies and deception and let's shower him with awards again, because he actually kind of sort of delivered on what the game was going to be years earlier. Hey, thanks Jeff, you know, Keeley, uh, rewarding that kind of behavior will surely help the industry grow stronger. Uh, and then, so to wrap this whole thing up, he went and started talking about cyberpunk 2077. He said, made by the guys who made Witcher 3, so this shit has to be good. Here's our cyberpunk universe, and trust us, you can do fucking everything. Here, the entire CDPR, CDPR PR department took all the cues from what worked with Molyneux and Murray and just went completely ape shit with it. CD Projekt Red led people to believe Cyberpunk 2077 would be sci-fi GTA in first person, with each marketing video carefully designed to leave a good taste in players' mouths. They stopped just short of outright saying that this game would cure cancer. This strategy resulted in a sensational 8 million pre-orders. And in the end, the product was a fraction of what the developers hyped it up to be. And on top of that, it barely even ran on consoles that it was supposed to be running surprisingly well on. He says, from the perspective of a developer, this all sucks. He said that he was trying not to be bitter and he was trying not to shit on other developers. He just wanted to shit on liars and people who think it's okay with openly deceiving others. He said, if I go and buy a car and the car salesman sells me a car that supposedly has 300 horsepower, but on the drive home on the purchase, after the purchase, I noticed that he switched out the motor. I would not, I would be rightfully pissed off. I was deceived. And so as a follow-up, somebody asked him on the forums, well, you know, what, what about patching, right? Like the game is launched and maybe it didn't launch in the state mm-hmm. it was supposed to be in, but what yeah. about patching? He said, that is so not the point. It doesn't matter if the snake oil actually tastes fine. Don't sell me on features that don't exist. Don't paint a picture that you'll not be able to deliver. Just don't fucking lie to me. 
you're fucking over gamers, you're fucking over journalists, that they should actually know better. So shame on you. I don't know. These games are sounding like a 10 out of 10 from IGN. And you're fucking over other developers. He was like, there, I said my piece. I felt like it was a chip I needed to get off my shoulder. And I think this is wrong and a wrong that we need to set right so it won't happen anymore. So that was all for the quotes. Now, before we go any further, there was an update shortly after that post was made where he said, I realized I wasn't thoughtful in the way that I presented my thoughts, nor did I choose the right tone or platform for it. After I made this thread, we had a a pretty long conversation internally about all of this, and I definitely didn't represent Moon Studios the way that I should have. So, with (laughs) all of that information to unpack, let us try and break this down into a civil way, because there is a lot that he said. I'll start with the response. Okay. That is an answer for what he spouted out there. There felt like there was a lot of personal attacks in there that there didn't necessarily need to be that person. Like I, I, I feel he, like maybe like he called people like out by name. Like yeah. he was just like fucking Molyneux and the fucking dude from No Man's Sky. Fuck those dudes. And, and, and because I know those aren't the only two people, but and right, he was right. using those as to be fair. Like No Man's Sky really was a small team, but yeah. Uh, but for overhyping a thing and then under delivering, cool. Welcome to humanity. That's what happens when people are trying to sell goods and get as much as they can. Right, but I, I feel we've like... We've been doing this... We, the history of making buildings is the same shit of people being like, where the fuck's... Where's my bricks? Oh, yeah, sorry. No, the, the, these bricks are chickens. Right, so his main point here is that we have a history in the games industry of overhyping a game, mm-hmm. over-promising yep. on what the potential of a game can be, and that upon its release... We're just kind of fine with the fact the product is mediocre at best. That's life. R- right. But Thanks. but is that an expectation that we should... Shouldn't we be setting a higher expectation for ourselves? If we are promised... Should we? That, yes. That cyberpunk is supposed to cure cancer and it doesn't, there should be an issue Should there, there be some kind of accountability for a company not talking to their fan base? No. Mm-hmm. Imagine we, as a show right now, had this rabid fan base that we do not know exists. I was going to say, we definitely have a rabid fan base somewhere. Yeah, you got to go with my my thing here. It's mostly squirrels. Yeah, there's a rabid, very, literally in that case, rabid fan base um, out there. But they're talking about things we uh, don't have any, we're not sanctioning, right? Mm Mm-hmm. We're not in control of what the fans say. Mm-hmm. There, no game developers control of what their fans think. Sure. Is it within the language that you should use as a developer to emphasize what you believe the actual product will be? Or where is, does the level of salesmanship... When he, comes, when he specifically calls them snake oil salesmen. Right. Meaning everything about what they're doing is wrong Mm -hmm. and they are ripping people off. Right. I feel that that is even coming from me, a bit of a overstatement that's, it's not that level of bad, but it it does suck, but I'm just saying like, it's kind of, okay. To go with what you're saying, Brooklyn and Chess (laughs) kind of agreeing with you. He says, this can be put on the devs, but we cannot overlook the position of 
the dumb and uh, quote dumb and gullible consumer. Yeah, the buyer does need to be educated and use some common sense, which I understand. I do see that we do live in a capitalist society, but do we not have a moral obligation to consumers to present something that let's let's talk about Capcom for a minute, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say let's talk about the, the the bad days of Capcom, where you present a game like Tekken Cross uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, and you say, "All right, here's the game. Go ahead and buy it." There will be DLC yeah. um, that you have to purchase and then download, and then somebody figured out they already made that content and it's on the disc and you're literally unlocking it on the disc. This is like, this is, this, there's a moral question that has to be asked here. I asked that exact same question about Nintendo because you know that those characters that they're just adding to smash bros for $5 a piece were already added to the game whenever they fucking made the goddamn thing to begin mm, with. I, I disagree with you because I just know how or like the first 10, the, the ones that are added later on, but like right. the first group they're like, and these are the ones that are coming up. You're like, yeah, you already did all those. You know that. But I mean, that's a, that's a question. Are, is that, are we used to that? Is that okay? Right. But the argument here is that we've been told lies by game developers for so long that we accept the lies as fact. We say that when cyberpunk doesn't meet expectations, mm-hmm. well, that's don't expect the game to be all those things that he obviously said it was. But is there a moral obligation that developers should have that when they show something or talk about something in their streams at E3, at Gamescom, at fucking Tokyo, in Tokyo, that it needs to be an accurate representation of what the product will be. And I understand that it's at a certain point you're, okay, when you're in the I've, middle when you're in the middle of developing, I, you're 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 already in the hype train yeah. because you're developing it. But like setting realistic expectations. I have a question. Is just like just because I don't understand part of what we're talking about. Okay. When it comes to cyberpunk. My knowledge of cyberpunk is only what I've seen through marketing. I watched sure. the long videos. I have not played the game. I don't know what the fuck the plot line is. There's a character named V or some shit. Sure. Johnny Silverhands. He's fucking game. Yeah. I know what I've seen through their marketing. Right. So my interpretation of this game is you're playing a probably not good first person shooter because it's made by a team that makes RPGs. Mm. You're playing an RPG of The Witcher, but with shiny neon stuff instead. Mm. And the mechanics are probably going to be bad. And that's just from a my knowledge of that, the company. That, I was going to say, that's, a, that's a, a your perspective. Yeah, that's my perspective of just knowing the company and knowing right. like, cool, that's what I'm going to get. Because I know CD Projekt Red doesn't make first-person shooters. Right. So I'm like... What they're showing me for a first-person shooter, which right. when they show me your, a gun that automatically targets me, like this low. is just fucking NPC. Right. But, but you're sh- the minority. Your bar was low for cyberpunk. You need to understand that since the day that cyberpunk was announced on either yeah. stage and the follow-ups that they've been doing in the time since then to just before the release, everything was like giant open world. Do all the things. Have all the options. Yeah. Here's all the things. And then finally, it came out, and they went. You know, this game is actually a lot more linear than you think that it is, right? Like yeah, you can, the open world. A lot. This thing is again. I haven't played it. So the open world aspect is something that was definitely touted up. The mm. go anywhere aspect to it. Um, Every door is openable, and and if you see the building, you can walk into it, but you can't. I've, okay, I've like clicked on random links of watching. The, Every door is openable. Yeah. They just go into a bottomless pit where you die. <laughs> right, but I mean, but I get no. I get what you're saying is, um, because I'm only affected by the marketing for this game. I can, I can only give you the 
It's sure. going to be an RPG game. Okay, fine. Now that then, I now that I know more of these things about this game, I, I where I saw the fan base was. We are very much looking forward to this game, and we got really really hyped up because a famous actor's in it, and it was on stage, mm. and there was a meme that happened. Okay. And it just looked different, and everybody let okay. their minds go wild, and sure. they expected something greater. All right, so but let's, there are things in that game that's super. Let's left talk. On a, on let's, the table. let's take Cyberpunk out of the equation then. Okay, let's talk about No Man's Sky, a game that has had a very rocky history. Right, and, um, and I don't. I don't want to talk about now No Man's Sky. I want to talk about release No Man's release Sky. No Man's Sky. That at things like the Game Awards, at things oh. like E3, yeah, their language whenever they came out, they promises, were promising more. Their promise was Minecraft in space. Yeah, it was infinite universes to a realistic. They actually, CD Projekt they did Red set an expectation like there is only so many procedural like planets we can. Yeah, make. It's like there's a finite number before things just get weird. Yeah, so you have to get ri- limit the weird. CD Projekt Red was there's was a they're guilty by. Silence mm. in the overhyping. They just let everybody's minds go wild and they said, we're just going to work on our game. Mm. Unlike what we had leading up to the release of No Man's Sky, which was very much... Very vocal. Very vocal. Right. Very much, these are the things we're adding. It was treated like a Kickstarter. Okay, I can like see Like maybe about these people in space where you just keep adding element after element after element and then you never release a product like star citizen right which is definitely the product of overhype at this point yeah i mean that's the same bullshit <laughs> so i keep going back to this i know i feel like i'm beating a dead horse and i'm sorry but does a game developer have a moral obligation to its consumer base <laughs> to not miseducate them about their product ethically I would like to believe so. Okay, that's a good answer. I like this answer. I like where this is going. But realistically, because yeah. we live in a capitalist society. Yeah, but... You're like... I live in this planet on this Earth uh, orbiting that giant burning ball of gas yeah. slash plasma. Yeah, no, that's not the way things work. It's like okay, it's like saying like there's like new gravity. Like... Mm. They added it's like gravity, but it's like slightly sweeter or something. Like no, it does, that's not how fucking things work here. Mm-hmm. Everything is a letdown. Sure. First off, <laughs> I mean, and, and we are we are a show that we often when we talk about game studios and decisions that we make, we we do caveat a lot of our discussions with game studios are there to make money, not necessarily make art. Yeah, this is right. This is the world we live in. Like, I, as much as we want to change it, and people, we're working. It's not, it's about the money at the end of the day, right? Right. And about the more, the number of people you can convince to give you that money, the earlier, the better. Mm-hmm. Is the better. Like, it's sure. So that's the pre order. You want that shit in your sure. bank account now. So, and, I, can, and I, I understand where you're coming from. I'm, I'm, I'm saying from, so you from promise a business. everything that you can, right? Up to the like legal limit, right? And that's where you get into the... The, the legal limit is a very key term here. Yeah, no, because like, that's where what ethics uh, comes into play, what legally you are allowed to say and not say when it comes to selling a product mm-hmm. because of things like snake oil salesmen in the past or the lemon laws with vehicles. Right. We have to have consumer rights advocates. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something 
that's where we're leading to in this is like video games do have consumer right advocates for elements of the game industry, mm-hmm. but not necessarily for hype. And I don't think you can regulate hype because that that's like saying, true. Hey, Reddit, you. shut the fuck up because right. we want to not sell more game. Right. No, I no, that is a very, very good point. And hype is such a ethereal, like component, right? It's something you can't control. It's something that, you know, once the train gets rolling on, when we first saw the trailer for Cyberpunk, our minds immediately went off, right? Because we, like, we looked at it as the, the RPG. Right. We were like, oh shit, I know that Cyberpunk's the RPG system. They make the Witcher game. Right, which had an endless oh, amount of content. Like, oh my God, all of these quest lines. We'll right. be doing quests after quests. It'll be the Bethesda of quests lines, but with Cyberpunk. That's where our brains went. And they are like, we didn't show you that. We showed you literally a storyline. Mm-hmm. And everything that they've shown us has been a linear storyline. They've said that there are other things to do. Right. Here's all the cars that you can drive. Yeah. And they've showed us visual enhancements to them right. and how you can have different interactions with different characters. They weren't really very open on the quest like stuff. They were sure. like, hey, you can they did say it's open but, world and you can wander right, around and like, there was definitely supposed to be are a fucking you guilty uh, in your subway silence system at that or point, whatever. Though? Guilty by silence is not legally defensible. Understandable. Yes. I understand that. I'm not a lawyer, but like, I know yep, that I, 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 know that. I, I know that you're not, but <laughs> that's the question, right? Like, are you guilty in your silence and being complicit, you know, and just letting people run wild with their imaginations? When it comes to something like, no man's sky yeah definitely well no man's sky they were very vocal because because of how vocal they were when it comes to cd project red i think that they weirdly they felt pressured into releasing a game that they weren't happy with mm -hmm. because of capitalist bullshit quarantine reasons right if cd project red had their their game should not come out for another fucking five years right it would it would have been amazing in five years yes would have been groundbreaking in five years yes Unfortunately, we live in the universe of everything's half baked. Yeah. Uh, except for us. So, <laughs> for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> the, I don't know. I want there to, these companies to hold themselves to a higher standard, but. There we go. There's a Tony I was waiting for to wake up. No, I like. I have to play devil's advocate, but at the same time, do. I also have to I know argue you against do, this and I, shit. And I, and I love you for and it. You're just waiting for me to switch to the yelling part of it, where I'm like done playing devil's advocate, and I'm kind of done playing devil's advocate. I it's, understand. Well, why don't, uh, we, why don't we wrap this whole thing up then? Why don't we wrap up the episode? And now that we've discussed both sides of it, which I appreciate you playing devil's, devil's advocate on, like it's very important I, to me that we have that that discourse. These companies are super wrong, is what right. I keep trying to say. Like, am I playing devil's advocate by showing that they're fucking wrong? Yeah. <laughs> but let's wrap the show up. Let's give our final thoughts because we have so much to dissect here. Where he said, "Yes, we do have to mention he did have to double back and give a PR statement." Yeah. And you could tell that was a PR <sighs> statement. That was a I didn't mean to. Tell game companies they were bad uh, for that reasons. Would, he put his foot in his mouth, but not uh, what's what's the the head of the the dude the Borderlands company? Oh yeah, the head of yeah uh, right. yeah him. He didn't he didn't pull that. 
Right. I'm bad at names. Yes. We already talked I, about and, and my normally memory. Normally, I would have his name like ready. Yeah, file, not where Jeff Keeley. He knows all the names. Yeah. <laughs> where are you, Jeff Keeley? Why are you not on our stream <laughs> Jeff today, Keeley. Jeff Keeley? I would Jeez. like you to be on this show, please. <laughs> please. Um, so yeah, like, we're, we're, the the ultimate question is when we have game companies hyping up a game to us. Yeah. Um, do they have a moral obligation to accurately represent what the fuck the game is, so that when we as investors want to invest in that game and get a pre-order or something, the product that we get back yeah. represents that. Aunt, I look at it as what company is going to make it where they are worthy of my pre-order at this point. Sure, yeah. Because I don't pre-order games. I want to make sure I'm getting my... I want to make sure I'm getting the product that I want. Mm-hmm. So I will wait for further reviews. I wait till the product... Like, very rarely do I buy a game before it's actually released. Sure. I buy it afterwards, sometimes quite a bit afterwards where it's had some patches and gets all its shit fixed because that's me. Mm-hmm. I'm not your typical gamer. Mm-hmm. Typical gamer pre-orders 7, 8, 12 games a year, picks up maybe 5 or 6 of them and just moves those to other games. They're bouncing shit around on different accounts. They're right. They're doing that kind of crap. They're spending all this shit on microtransactions. I'm not your typical gamer. Mm-hmm. The way these companies are speaking to that typical gamer, it seems, is guilty by silence, which, again, you can't right. really... If, if they over... You're complicit be- because of the thing, but right. also you're not if, really If we're overhyping anything. your game... We're just letting you overhype it. And if, like, if we, as a, as a consumer, are overhyping your game, yeah. but you're doing nothing to... Stop, curb that. Curb that in the sense that to give us a rational place. Yeah. Like this is where the game yeah. actually is. Set expectations. Yeah, thank you. That's to make make too. deliverables deliverable. Right. I feel like we're getting... the fucking talk because honestly, sometimes you have to use those words to make it actually just because that's the, spe- the specificity of words was important. You got to be a corpo sometimes. So, that we're doing the fucking corp run. It fucking sucks. Yeah. We can do the fucking dirty, weird dirt run that apparently isn't the way this plot line goes anyway. Uh, that's my knowledge of the plot line of that story right. is we, somebody named V and your, that character, that plot line isn't really that right. true. So <laughs> it, it, and that's the thing, right? I don't Companies know about the game. should be setting real ass, realistic expectations. Real about. ass expectations, actually. No, you were correct. Real ass expectations. Mm-hmm. No, I that, that's, that's, that's what this should be called. Yeah. I mean, it's not like every game doesn't have a subreddit at this point. So yeah. obviously people are tossing around theories everywhere. What does it take for the person that works in that marketing department to say, hey, maybe I spend five minutes on the subreddit, maybe just like curb some of this shit? Like A lot of companies, whenever they are starting out, in the case of something like No Man's Sky, the company's, what, five people, and their PR department is the sure, that's president yeah. and also one of the guys writing the damn thing. Yeah. In that case, when something gets that hyped to that level where you're making instantly millions of dollars of pre-orders on something that was essentially supposed to be a thesis, mm-hmm. uh, your indie game got taken over by grand ideas. But they and also hyped it as grand ideas. They are guilty of that in the age of They were guilty of speaking out, Yeah, though. no. Cyberpunk didn't speak out. Cyberpunk, that's the thing is, I'm defending Cyberpunk because they didn't say shit, and I, look, and I treat that game as an RPG game. It's sure. the same as every other RPG game. It's going to be a letdown. With No Man's Sky, because it was treated as that, hey, we're going to Kickstarter this in that add elements to it, tell you what what we think we're doing, what we wish we were doing. Mm -hmm. That's where you run into a problem. And 
you know, I don't know a lot about other fucking video game companies, but there's one that I know a bunch about, and they specifically mention in a lot of their bigger reports mm-hmm. um, in their This Week at Bungie's state that they don't want to tell those things, and they, they said, legally, we can't tell you some stuff, but we also don't want to overhype you on something that we can't deliver until it's ready. We want to okay. give you an idea of a realistic so expectation. things are happening in the world of Destiny... Even, like, say there is a new expansion coming out. Mm -hmm. Bungie prides themselves on setting a realistic expectation for their audience. Mm -hmm. And from what I understand, from what I've read from This Week in Bungie or whatever, they feel like they have almost a moral obligation to their fan base to make sure that all the information presented is accurate. And they hope to build hype off the accuracy of the information. To the point where they have had very long, like, essays that they've had to come out and, and state that they're not being silent. Their silence isn't they're not listening. Their silence is that they're listening and they can't say anything because they have to be quiet because right. of reasons. Mm-hmm. And when a company says that, you're like, oh, like, I get it. It sucks. It's, a, it's the same thing I hate whenever, like, you, you just said every company has a subreddit. Everybody has a fucking Twitter account. But that means you also have all of these people shouting at you what you think, what they think your game should be and what now you've heard that idea. Cool. You can't use that now because yeah. someone's told you that idea and you have to put blinders on to some degree, but that's on the ideal case of we're, I'm going to side with CD project right on this and these okay. things silent. Okay. The being loud and boisterous and hyping up your community because you are a small indie developer and Kickstarter. So, you, so you're willing to side with, that's what C- people do. with CDPR, but you're not willing to side with the developers of No Man's Sky and like Peter Molyneux, who did come out that snake oil salesman way no, and said, here's all the things that are going to be in mm-hmm. our game, and only 5% of those things are in your game. Yep. So if you fool yourself, fuck you guys. But if the company fools and you, a, a there's a just, problem. Yeah, I, I think that, yes, it is the company's responsibility to curb excessive fandom. Right. Excessive expectation. Yes. But there's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. There's only so many things you can legally say. Mm-hmm. Being silent is the better option than being loud. Understandable. Yeah, As a I person who's very loud, sometimes shutting the fuck up is the better answer. <laughs> Well, that sounds like an excellent note to end our show on. Um, yeah, that being said, I mean, I, I totally do understand where you're coming from in this. And by the way, if, if you didn't know, before the show, we had a very honest discussion about this topic. We were like, look, this is going to be a heated topic. And like, we need to like sit down th- across the table and shake hands right now and be like, yeah. we're not mad at each other. This is going to be a heated discussion. Like, here we go. Um, but no, this is, this is the kind of talk that this is the, you can sit around and have drinks and but this is the kind of talk that really inspired about. the show that yeah, this you is, now this is what hear. I like. This, is, this the, is really like what the how the show came to be years and years ago. The last um, 15 minutes have been fucking great. Yeah. The rest of the show has been shit. So <laughs> that being said, I really do want y'all's opinions. Like, do you think that, you know, these game developers have a tendency to become snake oil salesmen? Are they overhyping and underpromising? Um, is that morally or, or ethically okay for them to do that thing? Uh, if so, 
like what is the involvement know? that the PR department should have with yeah, their audience? Sure. Um, there's there's a lot of things that go into this equation. There's and, a lot of moving cogs. Yes, absolutely. And I think that you should reach out to us on Twitter at this early nerd, or you know, join our Patreon.com slash this early nerd, where you can join our Patreon. Yeah, you can make. We're gonna have actual and, like goals in place. Yeah, we've got an email address, which is info at this Uh I'm done. I'm, I'm, You're I'm done. done. I'm done. I'm yeah, done. you've had I'm, such a day. I'm, it's been a very long day. It, it started about very midnight long yesterday. Day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is everything that we have for the show this week. This is episode 389. God, we are almost at 400. This is weird. We are almost at 400 episodes. Okay. If I have to call it at an episode, I'm ending this series at 420. I don't fucking care. <laughs> that is not I, what we are doing. I don't care. That is if not we get what to that doing. number, I'm done. I'm retiring. Well, then, <laughs> I'm retired. <laughs> do not accept that as fact. That is not canon. <sighs> that is episode 389 in the books. Until next week, for Tony, this is James. For James, this is Tony. Adventurers, good night. And good game.